Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Breaking news from Sports Radio 610 is presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. All right, a little uh, early morning Shefty bomb, Adam Schefter. Um, Bill O'Brien, former Texans head coach, now former Alabama OC and quarterbacks coach, Bryce Young's coach at Alabama. He is returning to the... New England Patriots, and is being named the Pats offensive coordinator, according to Adam Schefter. Uh, O'Brien was a Patriots assistant from 2007 to 2011, and now returns to coach Mac Jones, whom he briefly worked with at Alabama. I guess we should clarify that. He never coached Mac Jones, but it was in a way, Mac Jones was coaching Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien has been running the Alabama system, not the O'Brien system. Yeah, I think they helped each other out probably, right? Like Bill O'Brien was able to talk to him. Mac Jones, who wouldn't have been allowed to talk to the Patriots coaches all that much, um, could talk all he wanted to Bill Bill O'Brien. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bill O'Brien probably helped get him ready for the draft in some ways. Yeah, 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 which is, you know, no big deal. I mean, mean, it's cool. It's cool. Like, in a lot of people, Ryan Fitzpatrick would tell you that working with Bill O'Brien changed him as a quarterback for the better, and and statistically that's borne out. It's, um, that'll be interesting. I mean, Mac Jones has got to be excited to be working with, for instance, an actual offensive coordinator. Yes, I don't know. I can't say it's a good hire. Like I, I watched Bill O'Brien coordinate this offense long enough to know that he, he's he's not a bad offensive coordinator, but he never got the most out of Deshaun Watson. I don't think uh, they never had a genuinely good offense the right, entire that, time they were here. Yeah, yeah. yeah just it in general, they 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 were never a top ten DVOA offense. Right. Yeah. yeah they um they didn't score enough points. They, that, they're this sad too. To be, you know, forget uh, about DVOA. The yeah. measure that that, that gets you wins is points, and they didn't score enough. Uh, but he's a massive improvement. Okay, he's a massive improvement over what they had. They had Matt Patricia, a, a lifelong defensive coordinator, and Joe Judge, a lifelong special teams coach, tag teaming the offensive coordinator position up in New England with a second year quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's malpractice. Yeah, it was. So th- uh, this is it, at least a conventional hire. It feels like the the Patriots are in like a weird reset mode this year. After having spent more money than anybody else the previous year in free agency, mind you, it wasn't like uh, I, I think you know Belichick always tries to kind of pass things off like, well, we had a lot of money we'd spent on Tom Brady, and that's which is bogus, just false. Um, and that they they kind of tried to kick the can down the road for you know to keep while Brady was still around. Mm-hmm. Which some of that that is somewhat bogus. They spent more of that money than anybody. It, Two years ago, before yeah. this past season, yep. 2020, yep. and um, or 2021, yep. and they just they just flat out made a bunch of bad moves 
in terms of the way they manage their team this year. So this is at least a return to normalcy. Yeah, Belichick realized he made a mistake, and I think O'Brien corrects that mistake. I guess the the interesting thing here, we're going to get to the results of the various approval ratings of uh, of Texans head coaching candidates that we tease, but just as long as we're talking about this O'Brien nugget. If you're just getting in your car, Bill O'Brien's back in the NFL. He's the offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots. Um, you know, for Josh McDaniels, that was a path to get back into being a head coach, and then he quit after a week and then went back to New England again, and now he's a head coach in Las Vegas. Do you think that Bill O'Brien fancies himself the next head coach of the New England Patriots? Do you think that's part of the reason he's going back there? Um, I think yeah, I think he probably had that. Well, did he have that discussion? Because that was one of the – supposedly Josh McDaniels had that discussion about being tutored to be the next head coach uh, or to be a head coach, a head coach. When, when he took that job. So – I think O'Brien probably looks at it as it's obviously a step closer to that opportunity, and but that really he's open to taking whichever, which like oh, whatever jobs. comes along in any given year. Yeah, he can't be choosy, um, but but we know Bill Belichick. Oh, Belichick, my coach, he's ninety. Who the hell knows? Yeah, that's right. I don't think you can plan on. Hey, if there's one thing I've learned about the Patriots, I think people. I think people think that the Patriots do more long-term planning than they actually do because they are always focused on making situations. Uh, they they make decisions with a long term in mind, but that's different than predicting what things are going to be like in five years. Sure. So like the, the the guiding principle for Belichick has generally been kind of like in managing your money. You know, like okay, you're like you're not like you're not going to predict which specific stocks are going to be worth five times as much five years from now. But I'm not gonna but I'm gonna buy with a long term strategy, and some of them will do better than others, and what have you. As opposed to like day trading yeah. or doing all that, that's where they've they've constantly just tried to make long term decisions. But they don't. But they're open to having to change those and alter them every single year. Here's what gets interesting: who becomes the next Alabama offensive coordinator? Because that's the that's the cleansing the the cleansing room right there. Is that job that job has relaunched a ton of careers yeah. that that were that were beaten down. And I mean, Brian Dayball was the OC there. He goes and you know he's the OC at Buffalo now. He's a very well-respected head coach Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, both go on to get really good college jobs again after falling out of favor in a number of places. And now here's O'Brien. He's well, the, he's an OC. And, and honestly, it's one of those things where you know, no matter how many times you get a Steve Sarkeesian or anybody, it's going to keep it's going to keep happening. Yeah, uh, that Alabama OC job, as long as Saban is recruiting really well, will have success. The same way the. The same way people hiring away from the Patriots would happen for years and years and years, despite it not being any better, if not worse, than any other, like trying to yoink things from somebody else. So it's it's smart on Bill O'Brien's part. If he thinks the Patriots are going to be back to being like normal next year, then yeah, it's a springboard. Yep. Either to the Patriots job eventually or somewhere else. Absolutely. I, He's been very, very smart in his jobs over the years. Throughout like, his career, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. even with in like the Penn State one was obviously, um, like I it could have been considered a miscalculation because he didn't know how bad the sanctions were going to be. Except he did such a good job keeping that team together that he ended up getting credit despite not actually having a good football team to show for he it. He won you the know? Bear Bryant Award. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah like he, <laughs> he was eight wins. Was There was a conversion chart for Penn State those two yeah. years. Eight wins there was the equivalent of 12 wins anywhere in, else. In people's minds, yes. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so as far as these head coaching candidates go for the Texans, there's seven of them. And I've put up Twitter polls for each of them, and the question is real simple. It's the same question for all seven. 
Pender poll for Texan fans. Would you approve of a hire of blank as the next Texans head coach? So I took all seven, gave them their own tweet, and we're up over, I mean, some of them we've got over 2,500 votes. We're up over 2,000 votes on all of them right now. They're on my Twitter timeline, at Sean T. Pendergast. I've got a master tweet there, and they're all, you know, it's one big chain. It's easy to do. So here's what it looks like, Seth. This is this is how it looks like. The, and the polls are open until this afternoon. There's still six hours left. Um, it's kind of partitioned off into tiers. I'll start at the bottom and work up. It looks like if it winds up being Mike Kafka, Thomas Brown, or Ejiro Ivero, there will be great disappointment. Have you looked at the results of any of these yet? I have not. Would you like to get – so I kind of gave you a okay. hint there. Like, Kafka ain't at 80% approval. So you out know? of seven total, and I'm guessing it's heavily weighted near the top three, uh, or well, top four, so I'm guessing that those guys each got like – Five percent each? No, no. I mean, not horrible. Not like that's a David Cully level. Cully's got. Wait, the, no. Is it? Oh, yeah. So these are separate. So it's just approval by. It's an individual tweet. Individual. There's seven oh, tweets. Okay. There's okay. Seven okay, polls. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I would say then that each of those guys got like a thirty percent approval rating. Kafka twenty four point five. Okay. Thomas Brown sixteen point four. Giro Avero. The only other candidate other than D'Amico who's set to interview with all the five teams, yeah. the lowest of all of them, 15.5. It's weird because uh, like, I'm, I'm surprised that Thomas Brown got a higher approval rating than Ijiro Oviro because yeah. Ijiro Oviro is actually the defense coordinator for a really good defense. Right. Um, Thomas Brown has a more dynamic personality. Mm-hmm. And he, looks, he, he looks like a guy that you can envision giving a pep talk better, which isn't the best way to hire a head coach, I've learned. Uh, so, but it would be a big factor for me. Ijiro Oviro, <laughs> this, is the, this is the trouble with Ijiro Oviro. Okay. It's a, it's a really hard name to learn. <laughs> But once you learn it, it's so much fun to say. It is, yeah. So there's some, there's a bit of a, there's a little bit of a curve here where Ijiro Aviro is going to have to figure out how to get his name said more often, which is a pretty good, that's a pretty good tactic for anybody who wants to be a head coach. That's how these damn lists that you see of hot coaching candidates, yeah. you just uh, stroke the egos of some of these writers out there. Once you learn how to say Ijiro Aviro, uh, yeah, uh, trust me, you will not regret the time, the, the 27 to 28 minutes you spent trying to learn how to say it. Can you imagine? It's just weird. It's rife with, it's it's easy enough when you look at it on paper, but immediately when you look away from the paper, you start wanting to say Everett Idro. Yeah. Uh, you're like all these different things. It's, 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 like, everything, you get dyslexic immediately. Yes, it's but weird. once you master it, it rolls off the tongue. That'd be interesting to talk to his agent. Like, <laughs> hey, hey, why did you, um, how did you go about uh, getting, what was your strategy this offseason and getting him in front of so many teams, it doesn't look like he's going to get any of these jobs. And his agent's like, we're just trying to get his name out there. Like, okay, no, no, literally, we're trying to get his actual name out there so people pronounce it and it becomes very pleasurable to pronounce. Yeah. sounds like a water. Like, if it just... It's, if a you, great, it's a great wrestler name. If they branded a water, a bottled water named yeah. Evie Rowe, oh, yeah. and just did the and did that voice out there, yes. people get it. So which one should it be? If we, if we make him a, a one-name celebrity, should it be Eiji Rowe or Evie Rowe, though? Uh, Evie Rowe? Rowe feels a little bit more like a famous soccer player. Yeah, but something. I like that je in there. That's kind, that's, kind of a, that's kind of a smooth sound. Okay. okay. probably spent too much time on this. Yeah. Let's keep it moving. Uh, Sean Payton. You want to guess what the percentage approval is for former Saints head coach Sean Payton? Former Saints head coach, uh, current Colin Coward <laughs> producer. Yes, yes. 
the approval rating for him would be 63%. 57.3% yeah. approval rating. He's off-putting. Which is almost the exact percentage of people that in my poll last week said they don't want to trade a, a, a first-round pick for him. Hmm. So that... They're There's just, some good symmetry right there. Yeah, okay. Some good symmetry. 57.3. I mean, boy, you you know, listening to some, you would have thought that Sean Payton is a slam dunk layup that they should do this. My guess is my guess is that the maybe deflated results for Sean Payton have to do with the compensation. Okay, so now wait a second. 57% would approve, but you said like 57% disapproved. Yeah, of you're right. You're him. right. So I was okay. off on that. Yeah, forget scratch okay. scratch these last 45 seconds. Yes, I was off. So on the that. two Thank things we've tracking. accomplished so far is we've E-Zero. worked out the different EV row yeah. PR strategies, and Sean doesn't know what symmetry That's is. That's right. Okay. That's right. Yep. I'm still hungover. Um, <laughs> so Peyton, Peyton, 57.3%. I'm a little surprised. It feels a little low to me. It doesn't. I think people are, I think for one, there's writing on the wall that, okay, maybe it's not destined to be. So you start, you know, you start distance yourself from the dude. The second is like, listen, uh, I don't need a moment Mr. Grumpy face there on Fox Sports. Dude, you're on, dude, you're getting paid millions of dollars to be on a Sunday morning sports show where all you have to do is like somehow match which with Terry Bradshaw. Right. Maybe smile every now and then, you dour SOB. Right. Yeah. Right. And I don't need this dude. He plays the media game too much. A little too cutesy for me. I don't want him. Care to take a guess on the two Eagle coordinators Oost. and what their percentage of approval is? Shane Steich in the OC in, in Philly yeah. and Jonathan Gannon in the DC in Philly, both candidates for the Texans job. What do you think their approval ratings are among Texan fans on Twitter? I think Steichen has more approval than Gannon because he's an offensive coordinator You're and correct. his offense is pretty damn good and he's doing it with a non-marquee draft pick. Yep. Uh, and he's... His work now as an offensive coordinator with two young quarterbacks that have both done very well, Justin Herbert being the other one. Yep. I'm going to say his approval rating would be 70, 78% Gannon, 71%. 69.6 for Steichen. Nice. 63.7 for Gannon. So you're almost spot on on the gap between the two. Yeah. Um, just overshot the percentage. But I, I, was encouraged, there. I was encouraged by that because, let's face it, I mean, there's – there's still a good chance that that's one of the guys you wind up with in this thing. Yeah, I'm, I don't uh, think D'Amico's a slam dunk yet. I don't think D'Amico's a slam dunk, and I'm I'm cool with. I really want D'Amico. I'm cool with Steichen or Gannon. The other ones, it's going to take a little getting used to. I with Peyton, part of it is I don't feel like Peyton genuinely wants to come here. I I don't like, either. Him leaking what he leaked to Colin yeah. Coward and just being so cool apparently with Colin Coward blabbing it to the the world would make me feel like uh, I don't feel like he respects us. So I like now. I hope he gets a job and sucks. Yeah, like, I, yeah. Like I really hope no, he I, gets a job and sucks. I hope he gets the Denver job. <sighs> I hope he gets the Denver job and sucks. And so, well, That's yeah. I think I, I, right, right. Well, I, I, yeah, I was, I was almost implying that if he takes that job, it yeah. will fulfill your fantasy of him sucking. Dude, plus, I love this as other part of the scenario, which is well, you can't go to ownership in Houston. You have to go to uh, Denver. The brand new owners who are also family money. They, like, what the hell? Yeah, no, just, they've owned the team for like a week, you know? Um, yes, all right. but, but, but they are the heirs to the Walmart fortune. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot how much everybody loves Walmart. What the hell? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we all go there, yeah. but we don't love it. Like, we know, it's not like this. It's not the little mom and pop well, store from Arkansas that they yeah, claim to be. And they also, yeah. none of them started out as greeters in a store, and then they worked the yeah. pharmacy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, they're like fourth generation. Like, what the hell? Um, all right, the one everybody's been waiting for. What do you think the approval rating is among Twitter Texan fans on D'Amico Ryan? Uh, 83%. He's going to set a record oh, if really? this holds up. 
The previous record holder, <laughs> previous record holder for yeah. approval two years ago, Eric Bieniemy, ninety six point four percent. Now keep Gosh, in mind what was the date on that. That was back in twenty twenty one. Yeah, that was that was the Cully hire. Yeah, um, and that was when I think people wanted Bieniemy because they wanted to keep Deshaun. I think that they was thought Bien-Aimé pre lawsuits. Yeah, yeah, ninety seven point six percent approval for D'Amico Ryan's. I almost feel like the two point four percent are just being cute. You know what I mean? Like, how can you well, not approve it? Or, or they're just non-Texan fans. It's right. Usually, the that usually the people that are just trying to be contrarian are like ten percent. Yeah. So that's it's shocking to me that it's that high. Usually, at least ten percent are going to say, ah, whatever. I'm just going to vote the opposite of everybody yep. else. Ninety-seven point six percent of a voting constituency. That's a uh, boy. You twenty-three hundred people. I'm right almost going to. I might have to accuse you of being like an autocratic regime or something. You don't usually get near unanimous results like that except in a dictatorship right? you're like oh yeah great yeah i see i see castro won 99.9 percent and of the we votes. will elect yeah. the miko ryan's and we will like it yeah. in other news there were 10 executions today That's yeah, right. yeah. In, the park, in the parking lot at nrg stadium all right um so there you go texan fans 98 percent approval if we want to round up on Demico ryan's i don't think a huge shock ross tucker We'll get his thoughts on uh, D'Amico Ryans as a head coach. We'll get his th- We know his thoughts on Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen, but this will be a good chance to preview the uh, coordin- the next coordinator bowl this weekend because Ross Tucker does a lot of work with the Eagles. Get his thoughts on these conference title games. Ross Tucker joins us next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast, um, we're efforting Ross Tucker. This, might, might, this might not be on Ross. There might, be, there might have been a miscommunication on um, whether he's going to be doing this every week. You guys sat down and hammered out a deal over beers at a ski lodge. Yeah. Only one beer on my well, two. And they're IPAs, which is like four beers. Yeah. I know. Every time I order an IPA, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, this, is, this thing's potent. <laughs> Yeah, big time. Especially like in a microbrewery. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. They it's pride a, themselves on that. They might as well just stick a like. Well, just make it a boiler maker while you're at it. Let's just 
Just uh, give me and then put some flaming liquor on top. Too. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, what was it? Myfrontpagestory.com. Yeah, myfrontpagestory. You guys, you got to go to myfrontpagestory.com and get your uh, wife a Valentine's Day gift. There you of go. Of a story about her and use the promo code. Houston. Oh, Houston 10. Houston 10. Yeah, yeah. Do so, that, and then Ross will see it, and he'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, those yeah. guys, I got to oh, go. Yeah, I got to pick guys. up the phone when they call. Yeah. Do it right now. Yeah. Do it right now. Houston 10. So Ross will be pleased to know once we do find him, if he's able to come on today, we can be like, Ross, we already did the read for your myfrontpagestory.com. You're good. Yeah. It was nothing but solid It was content. way better than you would do about the business you're so passionate about. It is... Um, <laughs> It's funny because one of the things that Ross has been good about is giving us kind of this intel on both Steichen, uh, Shane Steichen, and John Jonathan Gannon. I call him John. Uh, Jonathan Gannon. Johnny. <laughs> yeah, why is he Jonathan? I don't got to get rid of that. Okay. Is he like a is he like a, a Catholic he's school no, boy he's or hero, something? Evidently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the old John Gannon. The the thing about it is that uh, Ross is very high on both those guys. It just has like all the respect in the world for how smart they are. Uh, to which I reply, hey, you know, not all the best head coaches are, are known for their smarts. Sometimes that's one of the key ingredients, but there's a lot more to it than just that. He spends a lot of time with both those guys because yeah. of his coverage of the Eagles. Yeah. So his his opinion his opinion is based in a lot of experience with those guys. But, but he, when he talks about those two guys, it seems like Gannon is the one that he just flat out thinks is dialed in yeah. and just understands the game of football on a different level, which is like, you you know how you are with quarterbacks? You want to know, okay, what's your superpower? Yes. Is it your, do you have an incredibly accurate arm? Do you have an incredibly strong arm? Are you just super, super fast? Whatever it is, like there's got to be one superpower. I feel like head coaches, it's the same way. You know, like Jimmy Johnson wasn't, an X's and O's genius at all, but he was a motivational genius. And I think sometimes that's underrated because it's so often misdiagnosed. People don't, it's like kind of like culture. Like people don't actually know that much about culture or leadership or anything, but then you know it when you see it and it's really good. And what those players on the Cowboys would tell you is that Jimmy Johnson was just absolutely the best at getting dudes like each individual knowing what buttons to push and everything. Um, So with Gannon, it seems like his superpower would be just kind of like his broad understanding of the technical parts of the game. Yep. Um, Steichen, maybe the superpower would be whether it's either play calling or his actual work with quarterbacks. That's the intriguing part of it. I I guess I would just want to know how does that extend to being in charge of the whole deal as opposed to being an offensive coordinator who's more hands-on? How how good are both of these guys at delegating all that kind of yeah, stuff? Yeah, that's the biggest thing to me. Whatever their superhero power is as a as a coordinator, they're just going to have a lot more stuff to do. Yeah. You know, like being able to compartmentalize and being able to stay organized, that's got to be a huge, huge step up. Well, it's what, it, it's what I've always said, and it's, it's 100% true. I'm not even exaggerating. Like on the general manager side of things, I think there are guys who get elevated to general manager who don't have nearly the same amount of management experience, especially when it comes to hiring and firing, as a lot of just managers at fast food restaurants. Yeah. You know, because like that's a hard job. A lot you of turnover. Work, you yeah. work at a job like that. That's a lot of turnover. That's a lot of making decisions with the bottom line in, in, in mind and not. You got to divorce feelings from it and everything. But these guys spend their their existence scouting and giving recommendations when all of a sudden everything is on you. That's a big leap with. NFL coaches, as much as people look down their noses at taking college coaches or, God forbid, a, you know, a high school coach. Remember, Josh McCown wasn't even a high school coach. 
He had he had coached high school. He was not a high school coach. No, no, no. He showed up <laughs> Wait, at some practice. Who is this guy? But like, a high school coach. I'm not saying that a high school coach is immediately ready to take an NFL job, but they have much more experience in making the actual decisions, managing a whole lot of people, dealing with different expectations from different people with different levels of motivation, all that stuff, than, than offensive and defensive coordinators in the NFL do. So there's just a lot that you flat out don't know about these guys until they get in the position. It's so true. Uh, Tom Middle Screen texts in on the trailer wheel and frame text page. Don't freak out when Aviro and Kafka get second interviews. That is interesting. You know, the the polls, we just went through all the approval ratings of the Texans head coaches on my mm-hmm. Twitter polls, a few thousand votes in each one. There's clear tiers in all this where Kafka – what the results of the polls tell me is that if it's Kafka, Thomas Brown, or Ajiro Aviro, there's going to be great disappointment among Texan fans. Yeah. I think with Sean Payton comes great polarization. A lot of it's dependent on what they give up to get him, maybe to some degree what they're paying him, but probably less so than the draft capital. But there, I would imagine, comes, if not excitement, certainly relevance. So there's that. Steichen and Gannon, I'm encouraged by the fact that over two-thirds of Texan fans want, are okay with either of those two guys. Because mm-hmm. I think there's a good chance it could be one of those two guys. And, and D'Amico, understandably, is knocking it out of the ballpark approval rating-wise even more so than, than, than I would have expected and than you expected, Seth. This is, a, this is a question somebody asked me yesterday that I thought was interesting to put ourselves in the shoes of the teams that got canceled, their interviews got canceled or postponed by D'Amico because maybe ran out of time on Saturday. He had yeah. a game, or Friday. He had a game to get ready for on Sunday, a really important game. If the Texans were one of the interviews that got postponed, how would we feel? Oh, now? yeah, yeah. What if he had interviewed with Denver in the morning or on yeah. Thursday night, whenever it was, and Friday he interviews with the Colts? Yeah. And then it goes all day, and then he's like, sorry, Texans and Cardinals, I've got to get ready for this game. Plus, we've shared, we've shared a few uh, candidates with the Colts. We're, we've got our own little game of The Bachelor going on here. where It's a lot of crossover. Yeah, Colts and Panthers. We've swapped spit with the same people. <laughs> We're Eskimo kinda, brothers. Yeah, yeah. The Colts. So there, there is a little bit of a competition there between those two. Yeah. And um, I think that... Yeah, we'd be we'd be a little bit nervous about it. I would, it would be feel, really it would nervous. Feel like another Sean Payton dismissal of some sort. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's where my conspiracy brain wants to believe that somehow, uh, like a deal has already been struck with somebody. Ideally, D'Amico, but yeah. any of those other two, I'd be cool. And they're just you know they're just kind of waiting. They can't they can't make it official until the their team is out of the playoffs and all that. Yeah. D'Amico's the only one of those candidates. I'm putting Payton aside. I'm saying of the three favorites right now, yeah. poll wise, popularity wise. D'Amico, Gannon, and Steichen, all of whom are coaching in the same game this weekend, which is so awesome. Um, D'Amico's the one that gets the phones ringing. You know what? The, I, fo- the phones start ringing over at NRG Stadium in the ticket office if they hire D'Amico Ryan. Yeah, that day. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which isn't why you should make a hire. No, it's a it's an ancillary benefit. It's a it's a benefit, but it does it does I think maybe provide an extra year of honeymoon phase. Where I think people will be more likely to be patient for a year if you have growing pains and more skewed towards, maybe more of a bias towards like, oh, okay, they're making improvement versus, ah, they can't even do this right. I think there's a little bit of that. And in that, you know, consequently, who was I listening to? Oh, it was Nate Tice, who has, um, he's a guy who's, he's in media now, but he's also worked for teams. He's a real bright guy, young kid, but he's talked to coaches about this a lot. Like when it comes to tanking, versus making the playoffs. What coaches would tell you and and this is something that I that yes, it's consistent with what I've heard. Um 
Which coaches to tell you there's something – if you make those playoffs, like if you're a mediocre team and you make the playoffs versus if you go the other direction, there is some some kind of extra juice in the offseason. And, and also it buys you a little bit of extra collateral and time with the owner. You know, you got a little equity built with the owner in that respect and perhaps free agents, whatever. It's hard to quantify. And I try to put myself in that position as a player and think about that. And, yeah – I think there's a there's a big difference between feeling like it's a job and feeling like man we're gonna do something. Yeah, it's just oh, and that the the cool thing about football is there's so many numbers of players involved that when you do have like it's really hard to predict and define what culture is. But when you got 53 guys feeling the same kind of way about something, it it multiplies really quick. There's compound yeah, interest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so. Um, I say all that to say that I just that that extra year of leeway can go a long way if um, you know if it's D'Amico who people already know. Yeah, no question. Uh, so the candidates at the Colts are interviewing. My God, they've spent a lot of time interviewing people, man, up in Indianapolis. The ones that cross over with the Texans: Aviro, D'Amico, Shane Steichen, Mike Kafka, and Ben Johnson. But we know Ben Johnson's going back to Detroit. So five of the eight overlaps. Uh, no Peyton for the Indianapolis Colts. No Peyton Manning? N- Sean Peyton. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Peyton, Manning. Peyton Manning. What would the fun. approval rating be on Peyton Manning? In Indianapolis? Oh. Probably. Or anywhere, probably. Dude, what would it be for the uh, the Texans? That'd be awesome. Peyton Manning? Oh, if he- <laughs> I think Peyton. Pay- okay, am I off on this? So cool. I think Peyton is universally liked. No, 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 no. But I'm just thinking about the, the Colts oh, dynamic. The Colts. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. I mean, it would be, <laughs> be so well, awesome. And pro- probably... I'm not equating D'Amico Ryans as a player to Peyton Manning, but I do think in terms of just being beloved, D'Amico Ryans is a very, very high-level Texan yeah. or former Texan. It would probably feel a little like if the Colts hired D'Amico Ryans for us. What if we hired Jeff Saturday? I am praying they hire <laughs> Jeff <laughs> Saturday. Take surprise. that! No, the Texans. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, no. Yeah, no, I'm hoping the Colts hire Saturday. Yeah, I know. I, I know I, you I, meant the Texans. Okay, I know yeah. you did, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just I'm opining. Um, oh, if the te- yeah, if the Texans <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Colts. So you get it, then. No, I got it at first. I got it. I, was, I, um, I said the wrong thing. So, yeah, I think, uh, I, I don't know. It's Right now, it's going to be at least a week, I'm guessing, before we hear anything or before anything gets leaked or anything about who it actually is. And they might actually want follow-up interviews with all three of those guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the, the earliest is going to be the 30th. For those who don't know, we mentioned it earlier, the 30th. The thirty next Monday is the earliest day that the Texans can interview any of these guys that are still coaching. So Steichen and Gannon and D'Amico are um, they can't do a second interview until uh, till Monday of next week. Um, text message trailer wheel and frame text page. Okay, this will be a good segue into the next segment. <laughs> if O'Brien believes that Bryce Young is worth his salt, the Texans should be calling the Patriots to try to get four first, three seconds, and Mac Jones for the number two pick. I don't think O'Brien's going to get GM stroke in the building like he did here to make stupid trades. What if he starts maneuvering behind Belichick's back? <laughs> to go get Bryce Young? Awesome. All this drama starts coming out of New England. Yeah. We would follow that. People up in New England were following the drama down here, Ted would tell me. Yeah. They, they were just, when, when O'Brien was just running wild. And Easter they, they loved talking about that up there. It was they, like, they would have like daily segments carved out. Yeah. To, to just be voyeurs about what was going on down in Houston. The Easterby thing was huge here, too, up for the folks up in New England. All right. Um, speaking of Bryce Young. Todd McShay, draft expert for ESPN, he had a cross-sport comparison for Bryce Young. Does this hold water, and is this going to anger Houstonians more than anything else? We'll do that. We'll do headlines as well next. Stay there. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. To do headlines in a minute. Seth and I were debating the definition of life-changing during life-changing the break. Life-changing money. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like $20 is going to be life-changing money, depending on... What you do with it. Yeah. Absolutely. No, we, the reason we brought that up is there's a... Uh, Amy sent me this story, actually. <laughs> Your <laughs> goes, wife? Goes to show... Yes, my wife, Amy, uh, goes, goes to show you what she thinks uh, gets me fired up in the morning. A story about a young man who put a $5 free bet on a betting app down on a parlay, and he picked correctly the first player to score a touchdown in all four divisional round games this weekend. I could have done that. And there's a video of Dalton Schultz scoring the one that got him the parlay, and he's going nuts. Yes, Was it Dallas Goddard? It was Dallas Goddard, Jamar Chase in the Cincy game, Travis Kelsey in the Chiefs Chiefs Jaguars game, and... Yeah, you mentioned Goddard in the Giants Eagles game, Jamar Chase. Oh, and Dalton Schultz in yeah. the uh, in the Cowboys 49ers game. So how much did he win? Five dollars pays seventy two thousand seven hundred ninety five dollars. Yeah, life changing. In the immediate future, that is life changing. Yeah. Down payment that, on a house. The, uh, like that. Yeah, it's always I think sometimes here people hear life changing, they think like, oh, I'll never have to work again. That's uh, that's like pretty like or I'll, I was yeah, expecting I to see over a million dollars yeah. on this tweet. Well, yeah. was that <laughs> one of my favorite Parts of King of the Hill was like, there's like some character who won like a $70,000 settlement. And he was like, and that's why I'll never have to work again. And he just, but I think it was true. He was sitting on his couch oh, in the yard yeah. and kind of just, you know, yeah. if you parse it out, there's a lot of like minimalists out there that just are living a Dude. happy life. If you're out in the country and your, your needs are meager Dude. and intentionally so, you're a minimalist without having to have all the fancy verbiage behind Internet it. Internet access, yeah. satellite dish, yeah. comfortable couch. 
a Walmart within driving distance. <laughs> but if you guys, go. especially like if you just in, you know inherited the property yeah, from you your family your property. or something, yeah. you just got a couple acres Get out in the middle free. of nowhere. Absolutely. So you got a you know couple hundred dollars in property taxes. Per absolutely, year. absolutely. Steal your neighbor's you know vegetables out of right, the garden. Right, right, hundred percent. Um, all right, let's get to um, Bryce Young. We're going to be talking a lot of Bryce Young over the next few months, I think, uh, and doing some comps. Yesterday, we read an article from Matt Miller, the draft expert for e- one of the draft experts at ESPN.com. Compared Bryce to Tua Tungavailoa, I didn't like that at all. It felt like, uh, let's compare this undersized Alabama quarterback to another undersized Alabama quarterback. I think Bryce Young's going to be a better football player than Tua Tungavailoa. Todd McShay had an interesting comp on his podcast. He does a podcast with Mel Kuyper Jr. and uh, Field Yates, the first draft podcast. It's 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 pretty good. They they went through all the top quarterbacks in the upcoming class. Here was an interesting, I thought, cross-sport comparison for Bryce Young and really comparing the physical attributes of Bryce Young to an NBA player. He loves the game. He has such passion for it. He is such a great teammate. He's intelligent. He processes quickly. But the important thing with his game is the ability to feel pressure, understand where it's coming from, and to just deal with it. You see, Steph Curry's perfect. I, I was sitting in the in the game day bus with Kirk Herbstreit, and we were talking about, like, he is Steph Curry of college football and will be in the NFL. Throw out the measurables. He's just going to find a way to avoid contact and always be able to, to, to create and make that play that most quarterbacks can't. That's why I have Bryce Young as the number one quarterback. I've got Levis as number three. I have C.J. Stroud from Ohio State at number two. And Anthony Richardson, the most talented quarterback in the group, but the least prepared of all these quarterbacks, at number four. All right, does that yeah. cross-board comparison hold it water? Does, I mean, I, are they trying to make an excuse for the size there? Because if so... It's not like Steph Curry is freakishly small by point guard standards, you know. Uh, he's, no, no, yeah, he he's slight a bill. He's, he's slight, but yeah. he's average height. Yeah, you know, and it's not like he's the skinniest yes. point guard who ever played. Whereas, in a lot of ways, uh, Bryce Young would be the smallest quarterback drafted in the first round, really, in the past four decades. Yep. So it's he's he's an outlier. He's an extreme outlier. Steph Curry is skinny and had the floppy ankles, which made him seem you know, he had ankle injuries early on, which made it feel like he was frail somehow. Yeah. Um but he's not he's not short at all by point guard standards. Um and he's definitely he's skinny but he's not like the skinniest dude ever. Yeah, I don't I don't know how and I again I don't know how big a concern it was for Steph coming I just don't remember back in two thousand nine. Yeah. I thought Steph was going to be a really good NBA player. With Steph, it was probably more like he played at Davidson, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, he had a few good games in the NCAA tournament. Really good player, obviously. He's listed as 190, which Who I'm guessing Steph? Uh, Steph Curry. I'm guessing that puts him in like the bottom third weight-wise. of Because uh, there are a few guys that are yeah, like in the, the same 70s. weight as Bryce Young. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, except he's a lot taller, so yeah, he's skinnier yeah, than yeah. him, you know. yeah. Different sport, obviously. Like Seth, Steph Curry, Steph Curry is, is not getting slammed onto the ground with large men landing on top of him. I feel like Steph Curry, if you were to play quarterback, would probably bulk up to two hundred five pretty easily. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm guessing oh, yeah. he doesn't do a whole lot of you know any like any kind of big movements in the weight room. In that podcast, yeah, they said that Bryce Young, I forget who said it, it was Kuiper or McShay, but they're obviously keeping tabs on all these guys. Word is that Bryce Young is up to like one ninety five now. Like yeah. he's been he. This just in, Bryce Young is very uh, is very aware of what the main criticism is of his potential in the NFL. Yeah, I know, and that's always tough, too, because like we've seen what happens when guys try to just, you know, 
casually gain or lose 10 pounds in a season. Sometimes it really affects guys. So it's not so easy to think like, oh yeah, he'll be able to carry that weight for the entire season. Right. And his throwing motion will be fine. Remember when Tebow bulked up to play fullback and then would try to throw the football? Oh my gosh. No, but it was bad. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Because he was just throwing ducks up because he was already a pretty bulky guy. And like the old fear, the old fear kids used to be, you don't want uh, throwing athletes pitchers and quarterbacks basically yep. to lift weights because they'll get muscle bound. They'll get muscle bound. Right. And then obviously, you know, the people put that to rest. But there is still some truth to it, I think, uh, that if you get too, a little too bulky than bulkier than your body should be as a quarterback, it's kind of tough to throw. McShay thinks Young is the he, the the bleep. You know, like yeah. they think he McShay thinks he is a magical, magical football player. Average point guard in two thousand nineteen was six three, one ninety one. So Steph Curry, if he actually weighs 190, would be about average. Okay, but he does. He just he looks skinnier. I'll say this: as, uh, yeah. As far as the Curry comparison, as long as Bryce Young doesn't have a spouse who thinks that she can open up a barbecue joint in Houston, yeah. Now, unless he's here in Houston, and then that's fine. But we're very parochial about that. That that the Bay Area, the wife of a fairly hated Bay Area player. I like yeah. Steph Curry, but Rocket fans generally hate Steph Curry. That was a pretty ballsy move to try to open up a barbecue joint here in Houston. Yeah, that's. Um, I just need to know that Bryce Young is in a relationship with someone a little more self-aware than Aisha Curry. That's yeah. all. I wonder. Yeah, what if uh, what if he tries to open something? What would be the worst if you were like a KC style barbecue place? If Bryce Young's wife o- opens a a KC style <laughs> barbecue place in Houston, yeah, like she just <laughs> just flat out does something to uh, offend. The or she's from New York and she opens a New York style Mexican restaurant. <laughs> 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 yeah. Where's New he from? York He's style. from Southern California. <laughs> I like, like a New York style. New York Mexican style Tex-Mex. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, like no New York style Tex. Like we're gonna show Tex Texas how it's done. Yes, here's New York style Tex-Mex. Okay, so uh, Steph Curry in college. Okay, this is where it gets hazy because you know college. He was super skinny. At in one college. point, yeah. At one point, he was listed by Davidson. Oh no, no, this is by a scouting site, but it. uh it, he was listed as 6'2", 165 at one point okay. his freshman year in college. Um, so, yeah, he's uh, – so, yeah, with Bryce Young, who's a couple years older than Steph Curry was and, you know, obviously he's a sophomore, freshman, sophomore in college. Could he could he mature up to be whatever the equivalent of Steph Curry is? I'd feel okay with that. I feel okay with 205 it, 205 is fine. Yeah. And I know, I know people are saying, like, oh, it's stupid. What is 5 or 10 pounds difference? Like, trust me. Makes a difference. When you're being buffeted around by – Freakazoid athletes. It makes a difference. I, even as a as a three hundred and ten pound fat guy, I felt the difference between three ten and three oh five. Yeah, like, there's just a, there's just a difference. The 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 point that a lot of the pro Bryce Young, the, a lot of the Bryce Young advocates say is that yeah he's small, but he's he's got a knack for not getting hit. He's got a knack for when he does get hit, knowing how to fall. Like he's he he plays the game like he knows. He's 185, but it's yeah. not distracting to his game. Okay, that's that's valid if you think about RG3. Like, RG3 didn't know how to fall. Right. It was, it was so frustrating to watch. He would take what should have been a harmless hit and turn it into a brutal hit. Um, Tua is that way, too. And for some reason, that's like a hot-button thing to say because it sounds like you're blaming the victim or something when he gets a concussion. He doesn't know how to fall. Remember in the Texans game when he got bent over backwards and it looked like he was doing the limbo? 
like it, like at world record level settings. Yes, it was. Um, he doesn't know how to fall. So Bryce Young does know how to fall. That's a skill. That's a, that's a, that at least is something he has going for yep, him. Yep, that is a skill. It feels uh, it feels like a weird compliment to give. But it's necessary here. It's like, uh, nobody <laughs> goes broke like you, Sean. <laughs> got a certain you. ability to do it. <laughs> it's Soft true. landings. Nobody's pissed. <laughs> none, of your, none of your creditors are angry at you. Not yeah. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's, get to, uh, let's get to headlines. Payne and Pendergast with today's headlines brought to you by BaywayJeep.com. All right. Um, this is courtesy of Patrick Storm, who writes for uh, Texans Wire. Um, Patrick Storm, who's put out a lot of great content on the Texans through the years, he is reporting that Mike Kafka will be the first candidate to hold a second interview, an in-person interview with the Houston Texans, and he is reporting that that interview will take place on Wednesday of this week, so tomorrow. Sean, uh, one of my criterion criteria... For evaluating these coaches is looking at their mic'd ups when they've been mic'd up, and I feel like this isn't going to go well. Kafka when mic'd up is like twenty eighth out of eight candidates. <laughs> it was of the eight candidates that I've watched for the Texans. Ben Johnson no longer a candidate. Uh, Kafka's bad man. He's really bad. Uh, it's, it's not like a bad personality, but just bland and boring. Yeah, to where I'm like, even when he's giving interviews, I'm like a. I, I watched I watched far too long an interview about him in, in his time at Northwestern. Um, I just uh, I'm, I'm not feeling it, man. I like he might maybe. So I start looking for like, okay, what's his relationship with, like with his players and everything? And I just don't. I'm not feeling it. I don't see the juice. I don't see the zest. But that's what I can see publicly. Who knows behind closed doors? But that is also where you go into kind of the mode of okay, what are people saying about him? Is there polite praise or is there over the top praise? And with some of these guys, on the interpersonal side of things, really the only guy that gets over-the-top... Um, there's two guys that get over-the-top praise on the personal side of things. That would be Eviro and uh, D'Amico. Eviro and D'Amico. Talk about their juice. Yeah. yeah. Now, Thomas Brown is a different set because they, like, Thomas Brown hasn't been a coordinator and barely has been a position coach in the NFL. Yeah. He's just an assistant head coach. Yeah. So I don't know what to make of Thomas Brown. Um, he seemingly has a lot of the motivational attributes. Of the guys who have been coordinators... Evie Rose players really like seem like they're ride or die for Evie Rose. Likewise with D'Amico, that's the same way. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Evie Rose. I've, I've had this in the rundown for the last couple days because we haven't brought him up much. And the approval rating of the seven candidates of the polls that we did on Twitter, still up on at Shanti Pendergast if you want to vote for all. One for each of the seven candidates. He's got the lowest approval rating. I read an article about Evie Rose on The Athletic last week. And I – look – some of this has to do with the last couple searches making us a little gun shy here as to, wow, we may actually come away with the best candidate. For, yeah. We might actually get to Miko Ryans. Are you kidding me? Because last year we got Lovey Smith and the year before that we had a candidate nobody had heard of in David Cully. So there's part of me in this search where I've been trying to kind of talk myself into the lower level, what are perceived to be the lower level candidates. Evero might end up being the best head coach out of all these guys, but he's the one that's got the lowest amount of of – Obsessed with the Texan fans. This article in the Athletic, though, man, is if he were to be the guy, the defense he coaches in Denver is top ten in a ton of really crucial stats. Yeah, DVOA, and, expected points and, added, yards allowed, and they were. And, and I would mention that they were kind of operating with skeleton crew by the end of the season. They were top three in a lot of things until the last three games of the year, when just injuries and everything. Bradley Chubb had been traded away. Yeah. Everything mounted up, and the head coach gets fired, and it was just then. 
they they fell to still being top ten, but they were for much of the season a much better team than even those stats suggest. Yeah, here the, like the things. I'm a, that, I'm a, excuse me, a much better defense. Yeah, yeah. The, the the things that would excite me if I were a Texan fan about Evero, just as long as we're talking about him, real quick. Patrick Sertan has become a first-team All-Pro under his tutelage yeah. on his defense. That would get me excited that he would get the most out of Derek Stingley Jr. Justin Simmons became a second-team All-Pro. Yeah. That would excite me about what is in store for Jalen Petrie on the defense. A ton of guys on that defense played their best football yeah. on his watch. And one of the things that Sertan has said a few times, I've seen a few different quotes from him, is just about how good the communication is. Yes. About just the in understanding your responsibilities. And that is something that... As a player, like you'd be alarmed at how many times guys really don't understand what their what their coaches are asking right. from them because guys are bad communicators. It's 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 really bad at times on bad defenses. Um, and Evero understands that dynamic, and he's uh, like he's very much a communicator. And uh, like he, you, the things you see said about him are it it he it paints a picture of a guy who's just very focused and determined. Um, and and driven, you know, not yeah. in a, not in a psychotic, selfish way, but just a driven, buttoned up dude. Yep. And um, like I don't, it's not necessarily a whole bunch of personality, but guys respect the fact that he just gives them information that they can use. Yep. So we've got one second interview lined up, according to Patrick Storm. That is with Mike Kafka. The other candidates that are available to do interviews this week because their teams are not playing would be Evero, who we just talked about with the Broncos. Um, it would be. Um, who who else am I? Oh, Thomas Brown of the Rams would be available to do a second interview. The Rams didn't make the postseason. Sean Payton would also be available. Yeah. Steichen, Gannon, D'Amico, Ryan's—they are not allowed to interview till next Monday, right? Because of the rules. That's not Sean's rule. That's just not the, my rule. Yeah. It's not like Sean. But said, I approve hey, that's of the it. rule. You approve of the rule. I think of them it's a not good rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let them focus on the conference title game. It's uh, yeah. Plus, I wonder if the NFL. I, I wonder if they're sensitive to that at all. Just the fact that I, nobody in the league cares that assistant coaches are interviewing for jobs while they're in the playoffs. And yet it seems like a pretty big chunk of fans always get upset about it. They feel like, so I wonder if the league kind of just says, all right, look, we want to at least create, we're storytellers here at NFL films and everything. Like we want to be sure that it, we, we sell the old story of everybody being yeah. so dialed in and focused. You're saying like Eagle fans would be mad at Steichen and Gannon yeah. for looking at jobs. Yeah. And it does put, it puts some pressure Supposed on Supposed to being mad at them for everything else. It's a, it is a classic. It's like, <laughs> they're so angry and So Philly. that would be this week's reason why Eagle fans are mad at the coordinators of a 16-3 and three football team. They don't get enough sacks. They led the they league. 70. 15 more than the second place team. But they're not doing it like Buddy Ryan right. did it. They're not breaking bones. Yeah. Oh my they don't God. talk tough when they do it. That's right. It's garbage. That's right. Um, so that's where we are with the head coaching search. Meanwhile, um, speaking of coaches, Bill O'Brien. I texted Ted Johnson. He hasn't texted me back yet. I texted. I said, hey, OB is back in your life. I think Ted likes Bill. I think yeah. they get along real well. Um, so, so Ted's probably excited about that. Um, Bill O'Brien is back with the Patriots. He agreed to a deal Tuesday to become the next New England offensive coordinator, according to Adam Schefter and Chris Lowe of ESPN. So this surprises nobody up in New England. It seemed it was weird because it's not like New England lacks for attention from the media, and yet... It felt like nationally, everything I was reading from the people I always read about the NFL weren't really saying one way or the other whether whether O'Brien was going to end up in New England. Where you would listen to New England people, and it was like, oh yeah, it's 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 O'Brien. Does this? You know what this feels like to me, Seth? Just in kind of reading the tea leaves, I yeah. guess. 
this feels like this was a deal that was agreed to maybe a year or so ago, but O'Brien, and to a degree Belichick, didn't want to take... O'Brien wanted to, to see see this through maybe with Bryce Young or at least see it through through a second year with yeah. Saban in Alabama because, oh, look, Saban did him a solid by hiring him at Alabama. It was also... Um, I don't know. One, one kind of plugged-in person that I had read had said that it was as much an agreement between Belichick and Saban. Yeah. That, yeah, like, I, I, okay, I, I, there's I've a two-year contract. Saban's not going to – Belichick's not going to mess with Saban's guy while he's under contract. Right. And then, you know, then he'll come up here after we do this Patricia That's thing. the only good explanation yeah. for going with Patricia and Judge for a year at offensive coordinator. Yeah. Kind of like what the Texans were at least – Starting to do with O'Brien and Easterby as the GM, maybe, until they felt like they could get Casario. Yeah. And then it just spun wildly just, out of control. The only thing about that that's weird is it's like, oh, Belichick does a lot of things that are atypical and go against the grain, but I never I never really get the sense he's trying to be clever. That's That felt like something that would be, if you're if that's your plan, it feels a little too clever. You know, when something's just a little too, you think you're pulling one over on everybody. Like I don't, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. I wonder if they had another plan that that just fell through. Because the other thing, like the Patriots don't, they don't spend money. They don't like spending money on on sunk costs the way some owners don't care. Um, so they might have had a hard time selling to Bob Kraft. Like, hey, let's try this offensive coordinator. But if O'Brien comes along next year, we want to go with him. And, and Kraft may have just put the kibosh on that. Yep. Um, you're listening to KLT, KLT HD2 and Odyssey Station. I, I would say O'Brien's family's got to be pretty excited. Or Brian, you know, O'Brien himself. When his wife's uh, from up there. His wife's from up there. Yeah. He's from up there. Um, his, you know, his kids have lived up there at one point. I think his, I, he left there in 2011. His temperament is much more a Massachusetts. It's woven into the tapestry up there a little it's bit more. more than, people. It wasn't I mean, on offense. I feel like down here people were like, uh, like, why is Bill O'Brien being such a jerk? Where up there they'd be like, gosh, he's so positive. All the time. This guy, it's a little much, I think. Yeah. Do you think this is a big year for Mac Jones? I mean, this is year three. Oh, yeah. You know, year three for a first round quarterback is a big year. If you have a big year, you can start discussing contract extensions. Mac Jones looked like a guy who was going to be the quarterback of the future his rookie year. He looked like a guy who might get replaced. He did get replaced by Bailey Zappi at times last year. I think Bill O'Brien's going to walk into that quarterback's meeting room and he's going to say, hey, Mac, you got a, you got a financial planner? You better get ready. <laughs> That's some good trash about talk. To, yeah, yeah. You're gonna good you're gonna, bold talk. Yeah, Mr. Bold walking in there and just um, he's gonna he's gonna say make some comment about a Brinks truck and then there you go, dude. dude the Patriots two years ago were 11th in red zone efficiency. Yeah, they were last this year. They were worse than the Texans. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The they were zone. really that was on it was a, it was the bomb and that was way below the Texans. They were like 10 percentage points below the Texans, weren't they? In red zone. I just saw what play. It just has the number of touchdowns. Well, that tr- they just everybody trust me and don't look it up. Yeah. It's a <laughs> third down efficiency. They went from 10th two years ago yeah. under McDaniels to 27th. First downs, they were tied for 9th two years ago. They fell to 28th. Yeah. Sacks allowed, they were 8th two years ago. Yeah. They were 19th this year. Okay, see, this is the thing. Okay, take somebody. <laughs> what is a bigger leap? Like, by a factor of 10. Taking somebody who's never been an offensive or defensive coordinator and making them a head coach, or taking somebody who's never even been an offensive coach and making him an offensive coordinator. I mean, that's all. That's the difference between being a CEO, which you can fudge a little bit as a CEO. Yeah, you can go into an industry that you don't know anything about, and you can figure it out by getting smart people to work for you. But, like, 
taking a defensive coach who sucked at it too, by the way, yeah. um, and making him an offensive coordinator is like just it's like having your podiatrist perform heart surgery. Right. It's just like hey, he might be the best podiatrist on earth, but he's not. I'll even go further. Take a brain surgeon and have him perform heart surgery, like with no prep or anything. Like here you go. Have at it. That's the dumbest thing you could ever this do. This is one of your greatest analogies ever because it's so true. <laughs> it's like, like it's, I know because that's how I tried to save money with my dad in his <laughs> last years. You take a brain surgeon who <laughs> lost his license. <laughs> you fly because because uh, <laughs> he's a drug addict. You, you take your dad and you, you fly down to some island country. And you do some heart surgery on the weekend. Sean, yeah. you would be amazed at how few things a chiropractor can do. <laughs> he's like... I would. Okay, now for the first incision. Like, Doc, he's face down on the table. (laughs) Doc, that's a Bowie knife. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.